Jackson Miller, and you're listening to Star Wars Rebels Cast UK. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, depending on where you are on the planet of Earth. It's good morning for me, good evening for Mr. Yogi, and uh, hello and welcome to yet another Star Wars Rebels Cast UK. Um, I am one of your hosts, Ali Kenobi, um, and also with me is one of your other hosts. Am I the other host? That's you, Yogi. Is it me? Is this a real is life? Real? Is this real life? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you that the little opening music we use for the live show. Yeah. If if you're not awake by the time you stop hearing that, you know, by the time the song <laughs> ends, then you have no soul. No, I did a small robot dance to it as we're doing. I don't mean in the style of C-3PO. I mean in old school eighties robot. Oh, you got that. Yeah, the 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 homies called that popping and locking. I would say there was some popping, but not much locking. I'm not that good at that. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's 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 all kind of technique behind that, brother. It's like you gotta get the isolation down. You know, the isolations when you just move certain parts of your body by itself. <laughs> pretty pretty good stuff. The, the herky jerky, you know, the herky jerky. Everybody knows the herky jerky. Uh, I know the Humpty Hump. Yeah, oh man. You know, the other day I talked to someone. This is gonna be a little bit of banter, folks. So we apologize in advance, but we we haven't we haven't talked much lately. So catching mm. up with uh, with Ali Kenobi right now. But uh, mm. I talked to a guy recently. He called in uh, to Horseplay Live. We just had a mm. hundred plus episode milestone, and. Uh, he sounded like freaking uh, Shock G from from Digital Underground. <laughs> so I'll do the hump, the dance, I'll do the hump, the hump. <laughs> and I was like, the whole time I'm like, I don't know what my what his comfort level is. Do I just blindside him and and and, and, and tell him? You know, has anyone ever told you you sound like Shock G? Because then you know it's the whole thing. If, unless you're a black person, if you say something that's very ethnic, and you know, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a minority, but still I'm not black, then it's racist. You know. Like, you sound like Shock G. Oh, yeah, but we all sound the same to you. Like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> See, I would have said it. Like, I'm a minority because I'm Scottish, you know? Like, in the podcasting world. But, I mean, in general, I don't class anybody as a minority. We're all people. I would have asked it. But I was going to. I was pro- going to. You know, I'd have probably get more shit for it because, like, in layman's term, I, I, I'm white, you know? But <laughs> I would have I would have generally asked him it just for... Uh, that's who I am. I would have if he'd phone in. Phone in, please. Shot G caller from Horseplay to forty two level one. We broadcast Tuesday nights on all games. Google us, you'll find us. Um, I, I'll happily ask you if you're Shot G. I'll ask I, you I, to I'm going to ask him next so. time. I will ask him next next time. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. the first ones on the house, we don't put you on the on the spot as much. Because mm. uh, some shows you call in and they're asking you like, when was the first time you you know masturbated mm. and you know weird stuff like that. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Um, nah, I'm not ready for that but, yet. <laughs> you'll give me there's some shows you shouldn't call into if that's what you're getting asked. You know, like, what sort of shows are you calling into when you get asked that? I mean, I'm is this not... one of is this one of Matt Bradford's shows? Because I know he's got that website, plenty of Matt dot com. <laughs> I can I can envision Bradford asking that. I thought it was Chuck Full Damn. of Matt. Chuck Full of Matt Matt Chuck, dot com. Chuck, I've heard he's expanded. You know. <sighs> Damn it! You know he's one of my clients for the the website I run, and I'm I'm just worried that he's been off. I've heard of Chalk Full of Matt. I didn't know if it was him, 
Bradford, damn you. You know, <laughs> you know. speaking of chock full of that, I, I do love a good uh, peanut brittle and chock full of nuts. Good stuff. Though I prefer poppycock. You have poppycock over there overseas? In your side of the, the galaxy? Uh, well, you know, over here, like uh, <laughs> down in England, they, they, they say poppycock as in you're talking nonsense. I don't know yes. what sort of poppy or cock I, you're I, eating. I'm, <laughs> I'm familiar with that. It's a... Uh, oh, uh, Poppycock is, is a brand of peanut brittle over here. <laughs> okay. In addition to what I'm you not. said. But if someone <laughs> uses uh, poppycock in the in vernacular, in a colloquial situation mm. here in the States, then someone's either going to you know raise an eyebrow or think they're very pretentious. Like, who says poppycock? <laughs> oh, poppycock. Oh, <laughs> that's how it said. No, 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 we don't have... If you sold an item in Scotland that said cock on the shelf... Not, not, that, not, not specifically that. But if it had that word in it, it would become a laughing stock. No one, no one would buy it. And I, I'm not just talking for uh, Scotland, but I'm, it's, it's being serious. It's you couldn't sell something like that in the shelves here. Oh, man, poppycock for for one, it's it sounds English here, so it no one would purchase it. And for two, it's got the word cock in it. <laughs> You know, I, I want to be the first to market something with the word cock in it. That has nothing to do with something sexual. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'll set up a distribution de- deal with uh, Poppycock. They might need I some, mean, uh, see, some some contacts overseas. <laughs> not in Scotland, because, I mean, I've been to, like, uh, say the, I don't know what you call it, the 24-hour sort of shop, you know, like a convenience store sort of thing. Oh, yeah. And, uh after the night in the pub and you you might be buying a pot in the door or something to go home um, and one of your friends will spot a, a, a tin of cockaliki soup and even that <laughs> will get a laugh you know and cockaliki is obviously chicken week I don't know you're you're, you're, you're making me want to do this now <laughs> it's like telling someone don't push the big shiny red you know candy red button on the console Whatever you do, don't touch that button. I'm like, I gotta touch the button. Let me touch it. um, By the way, I just linked you to something relevant to what we usually talk about in the show. We are a Star Wars show. Not just Star Wars Rebels. We talk about all all facets of Star Wars. All Star Wars. Sometimes a little sci-fi. We talk a little tangent stuff. You know, sci-fi and fantasy. I was actually on this set. Um, you'll be. Uh, we're talking about the Star Wars Holiday Special dot com, and um, I was looking at the figures. There's some figures being officially, unofficially released because I actually want to watch this. Right, we've got to talk about this, okay? Everybody listening knows, obviously, if you're a Star Wars fan about the Holiday Special. This is George Lucas's downfall. This is not his downfall, but he's trying to hide this from the world. So much so that it's not even available. Like you cannot buy this, and uh, the only way to get it is bootlegging it at uh, uh, conventions or downloading it. And myself and Yogi got a hold of this. Like being Rebels Cast UK, we we can see pretty much whatever you want, apart from Force Awakens early. Sorry, listeners, but <laughs> holiday special, holiday special. Yeah, I I, I I didn't finish it because I put it on. And I sat down fully focused, and the intro it's saying um, you've got Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, and like it's going through the whole cast, 
and Harrison Ford. And it's like, really? Okay. So I sat down, and yes, there is new scenes with Chewie, Han, Luke, Leia, RTD2, C3PO, like Anthony Daniels as C3PO, and I was like, and Peter Mayhew, sorry, Peter Mayhew, if you're listening, <laughs> Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca, and I'm like, okay, this is awesome. And I watched it, and it's about Chewbacca's family at home, uh, Han Solo and um, Chewbacca are trying to get home. I don't know if it was recycled scenes from Star Wars or not, but it was pretty decent for a TV thing, and the version I watched had obviously old, old American adverts, for oh. mostly for DM Wars. DM Motors, this is what we do. The General Motors stuff, and they had the little... (laughs) Dude, that was such a treat, because you got a rare cut that actually has what was aired with the the special, and I was Mm -hmm. like, dude, this is awesome, because I've seen it before, (laughs) but with the commercials, it was perfect, it just took me back to that time, and they had the commercial with the little car that you draw lines, and it follows the lines, and I'm like, yes, I remember that! Oh, dude, I... It was so deliciously cheesy too. I like like some people might say it's hard to go back to, but it's just it's not just a nostalgia. I enjoyed it because it was just very lighthearted, and uh, it had a, a pretty big cast for being a, a TV special thing. You know, like uh, yeah, you know, you had the, the main people: R two D two, C three PO. You had Princess Leia, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, yep. played by the original actors. But then they had Cliff like, Mark yeah, they're all, all new scenes. All, all the original actors that you know, and then they had like other people in there, like mm. uh, what was General Wrist? Uh. Yeah, <laughs> you know there was a scene where he was give, he was giving the guy it was like an advert for the communicator, and then he had to give the um, sort of I don't know if he was a, a Death Star employee, but it looked like Darth Helmet, you know, from Spaceballs because yeah. his helmet was so big. The, and I was like, you talking about the. Uh... Oh, was the deal? What was his name? It, but yeah, no, it, it, he was in the shop, right? When he was in the shop. Yeah, and it was before before the cartoon part started, which we'll get into in a minute. But I mean, he was standing there, and it was like, imagine Darth Helmet from Spaceballs standing with his back to you, and I was like, I know Darth Vader's meant to be in this. Please tell me, because it said James Earl Jones is the voice of Darth Vader, and I'm like, please tell me this is not Darth Vader, because his helmet came down to like below his shoulder blades. <laughs> And they did turn red. He had a mullet. He had a mullet under his helmet. I know. (laughs) So, and Chewbacca's wife, they had Lumpy, that was his son. And that was the one thing I thought, I actually want a figure of Chewbacca's son, just for no reason, just for, I I wanted a figure. There was no figures ever made of this. There was prototypes. This is the same. I love the dad, the dad. I, I fell in the, love with Grandpa the, uh, Chewbacca. Yeah, Grandpa was hilarious. <laughs> uh, he was grey-haired and and his wife that just looked like Chewbacca with bigger lips. It was yeah. just like, are you kidding? <laughs> and, 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 and then there's a part where Luke Skywalker's like, give me a smile. And she like tilts her head. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, hey, Chew- she's like, Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so, oh, it's so good, dude. Like, uh, it, it's just... I'm smiling just thinking about it right now. I don't even know if I want to talk about anything else. Like, I know we, we, we got to talk about Star Wars Rebels because it's been a few episodes since we, we last recorded. But, dude, this is just so good. <laughs> wait, was it, wait, wait. Was the grandpa, was his name Itchy? Yeah, Itchy was the grandpa. Itchy, itchy yeah. Itchy was, his, itchy was like Chewbacca's father. 
He dude. was the grandpa of Lumpy was the son. I cannot remember the wife's name. Dude, this is the thing. This is how you know this is a product of, you know, the 70s and 80s. It was late mm. 70s when it came out, but it definitely had that 70, yep. late 70s, early 80s feel. You know, it's very cheesy, mm. very campy, but it also is definitely a product of old school George Lucas because he has, like, the worst naming conventions possible. Like, he doesn't <laughs> try. Like, you know, Darth Vader sounds like a great name, but when you think about it, like, I think Vader is, uh, isn't it German for father or something? Think like, so, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, he's not really trying half the time. Yes, yeah, so it's close to Vader, yeah. He's not trying, and he's chewy, itchy, and lumpy. <laughs> Like, it feels like it doesn't fit, but it's like, what? You don't care because it's Star Wars. You're like, I buy it, whatever. That's your name, Itchy. Sure. That's your birth name. That's, you're, I, I, you, don't, don't, you don't even have to show me a birth certificate. This is not going to be an Obama situation. I believe your name is Itchy, buddy. We'll just run with it. Yeah. The next president, Itchy. Itchy Baka. Oh, man. I, I'd vote for him. I wouldn't even care what his platform is. What's your name? That's yeah. your birth name? Itchy? Okay, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. Vote for... Does he have a second name? Is it, is it Itchy Baka or is it just Itchy? Did they just have one name in the... I don't know how the wiki community works. It, I mean... In the credits, I have... think it just had him at... Well, according to this site, uh, we're talking about Star Wars Holiday Special.com. Yeah. It's a fan site, right? It's not official, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is no, uh, no, no. it's a fan site. But uh, yeah, alternate names for Itchy are Old Achituck, <laughs> Old At, <laughs> what? Old Achituck with like more letters. Okay, so they're all the same, but like different variations of the Old Achituck. <laughs> but like some have double T, some have double C, some have an extra U in there just for funsies. <laughs> Oh, oh, this is the guy. This is the guy here. Exclusive interview with Lev Mailer, Imperial Guard number one. This is the guy when he's backs to you. It looks like Darth Helmet, which I wouldn't be surprised if um, who was it? Mel Brooks. Yeah, Mel Brooks got the idea for Darth Helmet from. If you've not seen Spaceballs, it's a fantastic, fantastic parody film. That's the link there. Lev Mailer, like that's the dude. Um, that's that's actually got... really good. But you know what's, what's good about it too? Before we go into the next spiel. The, the, no, no, like we're about still talking holiday okay, 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 okay. But here's the, here's the other what? thing. Like, did you get the feeling like, all right, you want to laugh at the oversized helmet, but then his mm. voice is actually kind of menacing. <laughs> yeah, it was. So it you're was like, like no, I don't know if I should be scared. He said, he, said, he said, I'll have this. And he goes, oh, how much are you going to give me for it? He goes, no, I said, I will have this. And walked away. And I'm like, oh, oh shit. He got, he, got a, he got a freaky futuristic Norelco shaver that also apparently uh, clears blemishes, uh, yep. removes stains, <laughs> and uh, heats up your, your interstellar beverages or something. Like, I'm like, wow, this is a pretty handy tool. <laughs> he's like, I'll have this. He's like, I'll have. He's like, it's like, kind of like Batman's kind of like very. It comes from like like I don't know like the chest area. You're like, I'll have this. Like, I'm, you Bat- know, it- I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. I'll I'll take this. Uh, how much are you gonna pay me for it? I said I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like one of those situations where it's like your helmet's ridiculous. I want to laugh, but if you I know, laugh, you're probably gonna you kill know. me. Yeah, and I felt uncomfortable watching that part. You know, I was like, oh shit, he just took that, but. You know, I'll comment on that part because obviously that was the advert for some sort of future device that did a lot of things. And see, watching Chewbacca's, I know this is not canon. This is not even George Lucas canon. This got removed from time and space by George Lucas as far as he's concerned um, before even the Disney deal came in. The fact seeing 
this might sound ridiculous, but reading the new canon books, yeah, it's given us a wider view of the universe because obviously watching episodes four, five, and six, we get a small view of a small group of people in the universe. And we're going to find this out in a lot in A Force Awakens that there was a wider universe and the effects of the Empire went on wider than we ever seen. Like, um, the Star Wars universe is massive. The galaxy's huge. Like, even now with new canon, like, even removing all the old planets, seeing Chewbacca's wife watching an advert in a Star Wars thing was pretty cool to me to think that, yeah, this could be going on. Like, somebody's living their home life and a stormtrooper comes in and starts searching about their cupboards, finds a secret compartment, looks at all your perfume, (laughs) you know, like you did. Yep, yep. And, you know, just seeing that, it just, it got me actually hyped, like, for Force Awakens to see this wider universe and see how the Empire has affected people, you know, to see other planets apart from Tatooine, Bespin, Endor, you know, we haven't really seen that many planets, Naboo, obviously, in the prequels and things like that, but, um, it's interesting, like, it really is, is a piece of history. You know what just made me think of? How Mm -hmm. awesome would it be if they put together little low-budget one-shots as mm-hmm. bonus material, like, things like this, like, the, you know, like, uh, you can see the home lives of different people and little in-between, in yeah. like, like in-between scenes, like, what happens and stuff like that. Like, they do with the Marvel, yeah. with the Marvel movies. Do that for the Star yeah, Wars Yeah, yeah, the one-shots. Yeah. yeah with, uh, like, um, secondary characters sort of lives. Dude. Yeah, that would be awesome. I, like, oh, cause but, I, I tell you, like, oh. even though this isn't meant to be taken seriously, clearly, mm. And no. and it's clearly not canon, and it was not oh, canon for ve- a long time. Even even at the time, I think this was very tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But with that, I just was so fascinated just seeing a, a different side of, of Star Wars, and 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 and, and mm. seeing that. And it reminded, like you said, it reminds you that these are people with everyday lives, with yep. families waiting for them. That. That you know they have emotions and they have other problems besides dealing with the empire and it, and it, and it just it blew my mind like it's such a simple thing but when you actually have it in your face yeah. you're like oh yeah they're no, real people know, it's, <laughs> yeah exactly it's like like I was just saying it it shows a wider view of what was happening because when you say Star Wars to someone instantly in their head lightsabers is the first thing then yeah. Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker Obi-Wan Kenobi you know those sort of things but you never th- they're sort of the top of the top they're the ones pulling the strings they're the politicians and they're the ones opposing the politicians you never think of the day to day people and how they live their lives yeah, you know? and, 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 and you know people always think about the Jedi mind tricks and maybe mm. the maybe the droids mm. it's actually maybe the droids people are to do yeah, you know, actually, the droids were kind of underappreciated in some aspects, and now I like how a, a lot of the stuff is is bringing more focus to them. Like, dude, we get when we talk about Star Wars Rebels, we gotta talk about how awesome Chopper has been. Yes, we do, especially. Oh, you've not seen. We're, we're only we're going with sort of the UK listings. We're going with like the first episode after the movie, which um, aired, I'm not sure where it aired, um, but it's called. The Lost Commanders, and it's kind of a two-parter. Oh, God. Okay. So, well, let's, let's, finish, about, let's finish up with this first. Let's finish up with this finish first. Up with this. Now, so by, by the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, Giant Helmet Guy, his mm. alternate names are Death Squad, Death Squad Commander, Star Destroyer like Commander, and Death Star Trooper. 
Not as a, a scary. No, death, death, death Squad Commander. That's what we'll know him as. I hope he shows up in the Force Awakens. I really do. It's, it's just great that like he's got the most ridiculous helmet, but he'll <laughs> he he just he could kill you if he he'll just take, thinks of it. Like that's yeah, it, you're done. He, you laughed at me. He, and he will take your shit out your house. <laughs> I like. He, he will I just like, come in your house, even I like if you're not. Like, you have here. I would. I said I will have it. <laughs> And, and just swaggers off, you know, like drops the mic. He's about to go off screen, he goes, yoink! No, but, no, no, I was thinking more serious, where he takes a thing and then, like, throws up, throws up the peace sign, and all we hear is, I don't fuck with you! <laughs> you oh, stupid ass. Ali, 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 we have, we're having some more fun here. We have some viewer engagement mm. in the chat. Uh, Morgana, in particular. She, she's, she's debating with her daughter whether you are English or Scot or Scottish. Don't tell her. We're gonna let her. We're gonna let her uh, marinate. Okay, with so that wh- a bit. Where do you think I'm? F- where do you think I'm from, Governor? <laughs> Hello, Governor. Could be from anywhere. <laughs> In it. Um. Oh so. man, we just we just. <laughs> We just alienated. I'm glad I'm not the one alienating our our UK audience. It's you. You could do it because you're yeah, from there. You know, I can do that. I don't care. English people. I've got English friends. The PlayStation Show UK. Hi guys. Like they're, they're Destiny fiends. I love the PlayStation guys. Um, like we meet them at Eurogamer every year. But um, no. Anyway, back to the holiday special. We um, what was it? Do you know the funniest thing, right? I'll get back to this. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil the discussion with her daughter. I have done uh, voice roles for a video game. Uh, and the game, I cannot even remember the name of the game. That is terrible. However, right, Yogi, you'll laugh at this. I done a voice for an American guard. Okay? <laughs> okay, I done a voice for... This was for my audition tape. I done a voice for... A bounty hunter who smoked a lot. It was, uh, I can't remember. What was it called? Matt Bradford edition as well, but he didn't get a part. Um, oh, anyway. I, I remember you, tell, you were telling me about it. Okay, okay, okay. Mm, yeah, d- dark something. Uh, and basically the third voice I auditioned for was a Scottish person. I didn't get the role. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, this story. This story never ceases to make me laugh. Like, what? You're not, you're not Scottish <laughs> enough. Like, what? How, how, how am I not Scottish enough? You're like, it's ridiculous. So I put on a further, like, almost uh, Braveheart Mel Gibson, who's an Australian, putting on a Scottish accent, Braveheart voice. They said, no, it's not Scottish enough. I spoke in my own accent, and they said it's not Scottish enough. I spoke in a, I'm from Fife-like, because that's how people from Fife speak like, and they said it's not Scottish enough. I, I emailed them back, right? After I got the roles, right? And I said, you know how you rejected my email text from Scotland? They said, yeah, we don't think your Scottish accent was strong enough. I said, have you ever been to Scotland? <laughs> oh, Lord. It uh, was ridiculous. They were, they were spe- dark, dark, there it is. Yogi, sorry. If you want to look up this game, it's free to download. It's called Dark Matter Hudokai. H-U-D-O-K-A-I. Dark Matter H-U-D-O-K-A-I. AI and it was part one I was cast in. They asked me back for part two, but after the telling me that my Scottish accent wasn't good enough, I refused to ref- to do the role again for the second part. So I don't know if they're on to part three, but um, 
I, I was, I, I was very drunk at the time, and <laughs> I refused to do the role for them. So, um, if you're listening to the, I can't remember his name, the guard, the American guard, that was me. Also, the bounty hunter in the first part, if you play that far, that was me. Um, but the Scottish person was, was not me. You know what's funny about this? I remember downloading this, and I remember making the same mm-hmm. comment last time, getting deja vu, because I said, maybe if you just went with the go-to, uh, get in my belly, then they would have given it to you. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I did download it, and I had every intention of playing it, and the hard drive that I downloaded to crashed. <laughs> and then I forgot about it. It got buried with all the other stuff. Like, darn. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to find the link, because I remember it was, it was actually kind of hard to come by until mm-hmm. we... Scoured the yeah. interwebs for it. Oh mm. man! So, so you know the holiday special, Star Wars holiday special. There's a yes, lot of yes. so- fun stuff in here. The only thing that was hard for me to go through was a very awkward scene where the the black lady is singing, and then it became. Yes, very that, do you know what that felt like to me? If, if any of you guys that's a long time listener remembers Ross, I messaged him during this sequence and took a photo saying that it reminded me of a James Bond theme song intro. The way that the yeah. it was so yeah yeah and that's the thing like and those parts of James Bond films are usually they were tough for me back then. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter if it was uh, Pierce Brosnan, Roger Moore. Uh, whoever else, uh, Sean Connery, like the, all, all those kind of sequences always were tough for me because it was like after a certain while, that breathy kind of singing that is supposed to be seductive sounds really annoying to me. Yep. <laughs> it just can't deal. But everything else but, is great. Like the little circus hologram thing they had going oh on. Oh my god, that was terrible. It, he sat down at, remember the chess game, and it's always let the Wookiee win R2. But I, it's, that's a, yeah. that's as shit as Michael Jackson is. Um, he, he he had this sort of weird like it looked like you know when Jim Carrey played the Grinch. Imagine <laughs> that meets Honey I Shrank the Kids. Yeah, I see it. But you know what else was awkward about the the scene with with the lady singing was that when he mm-hmm. put that helmet on, did you, did, did was it me? Or, you know, was there kind of a sense that he was getting aroused, or you're supposed to get aroused by this? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. Ah, uh, wait. This is a family show, right? Because she's like, I can tell you a secret, and he's like, mm-hmm. he's getting all giddy and like jiggling in his chair while he has his helmet on and his, and his you know, virtualizing uh, everything. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? What insane. is this? Yeah, what happened? But like, then you've got some scenes interspliced with uh, Harrison Ford, Matt Camel, Carrie Fisher, and. Like, they're all good. They're all decent scenes with them. It was cool seeing Mark Camel, like, talking. It looked like he was in a sort of rebel base saying, give yeah. me a smile. And then the worst turn happened. It it became a cartoon. And, like, the weirdest thing about this film slash special is it's the first ever appearance of Boba Fett. Now, I know, I know a lot of you yeah. people are saying, what? He was in Star Wars. No, no, no. He was in A New Hope. He was never in the original Star Wars. Boba Fett was added in later with the Jabba the Hutt scene with um, Han Solo when he was getting on the Millennium Falcon. That was added in. So Boba Fett was never, ever seen in the original Star Wars. So the first time you've seen him, apart from Empire Strikes Back, was in the holiday special. And the only time you could... Remember the mail-away Boba Fett? That was, it's one of the rarest toys ever and one of the most expensive Star Wars toys. The only way to get him was after the holiday special. So technically, the Boba Fett mail-away is a holiday special toy. Check that out. That, that, that blew my mind, too, when 
realize now that you know you're right because you know no he, one had seen him before he's the other thing like and it just makes me think about how filmmaking used to be more of an art with with practical effects and now they do all mm. this cgi wow. stuff but you know and you know that that's that's one well thing. george lucas george lucas did jj abrams looks like he's taking it back to the old school which is cool, and I, I, I totally appreciate it. But, I, you know, that's one thing that, you know, George Lucas gets ragged on for a lot of things. But the one thing I, I agree with is that going when he went crazy with all the, you know, computer effects, I was like, all right, slow down there, buddy. The, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, touch them up a little bit so they don't look as grainy, you know, and preserve yep. them and digitize them. But you don't need to do all this, like, post-production stuff. It's a little crazy, you know. But whatever, he did, it's- and it's done. <laughs> Yeah, the the worst thing he done was um, superimposing Force Ghost Hayden Christensen onto Anakin at the end of Jedi. However, that makes total sense that we could see Anakin's Force Ghost in The Force Awakens. Because yeah. obviously, yeah, it's a different actor. And uh, I've got the original figure of the original actor as the Force Ghost. And um, the fact that Hayden Christensen is still alive and well and could possibly do a cameo says to me that we'll, we'll maybe see Anakin popping up in some of the look scenes I don't want to too, do too much thinking about The Force Awakens on this episode though That's because we, it's not long now we should, have, long. we should have time to get a, at least another episode before then we got what, three yes. weeks now for the three worldwide, are you, worldwide event are you, going to, are you going to see it Yogi, yeah, obviously, are you going day one I, I would love to, but you know for me, with the size of my family, movie outings have to be planned months in advance so we yeah. don't end up killing each other. <laughs> See, I, I'm lucky. Uh, well, I wouldn't say I'm lucky enough. We're planning a family, obviously, just now, and like we don't have a family as of yet. However, my cousin, Ross, who used to do the show, when I was in Honeymoon, bought me tickets to see the show. And it was on launch night, and it's at the IMAX, which is oh, obviously man. the greatest way to see it it was sold out at midnight are so those tickets it... uh like 30 dollars equivalent out no. by you <laughs> um maybe about 10 10 pounds maybe about the same um however we're going at three in the morning yogi because midnight was sold out over here midnight showings are sold out of the force awakens oh yeah i don't doubt it midnight that's uh, insane a very popular slot yeah, so we're going at three in the morning. So after work that night, I have to get the train up to Glasgow, and then we're going to watch four and f- four, five, and six. Hopefully, I get the day off before, so I don't need to. And we can watch one, two, three, four, five, six. But um, definitely cannot wait for that. But anyway, let's finish off this holiday special. And before we start in the Rebels, I want to touch on something else that happened in between episodes. I know you've done one with Andy before. Um, however, we've not done one for a while. And <clears throat> if you're wondering. Why there's been such a gap of me in episodes is because I've not uploaded the last episode yet. I thought I had. <laughs> however, however, the I try not to. Wrong. I try not to bug you about that, but you know. No, 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 no. Yogi does, but I mean, I didn't upload it properly. The tags were wrong, so I will get on that tomorrow afternoon. Um, so you'll have a bit of a time lapse. The episode that will be uploaded first will be the episode where me and Yogi are speaking before him and Andy spoke. A bit like Star Wars. You get the the sequels before the prequels, and now we're getting the sequel sequels. I don't know how to call these films, but um, basically there's more episodes coming. Um, there is one recorded on my hard drive right now. 
Um, but that's pretty, anyway, that's pretty uh, timey-wimey. Not, not appropriate yeah, for this show, perhaps, but, you know, it No, works. but perhaps perhaps uh, appropriate for some wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey tea time show. Not to throw out a shameless plug or anything. <laughs> but, <laughs> not at all, not at all. But, um, yeah, the holiday special ended up weird because it went all cartoon. It wasn't even childlike cartoon. It was almost, like, realistic cartoon and yeah. hand-drawn, I believe. And then it branched back into um, live action. And I never finished it. So, Yogi, what's your opinions on the rest of this? <laughs> After the cartoon, I was like, no, 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 no. This is too much for an afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm going to rewatch it. Let's put it like that. Because I was watching the second half kind of like half sure. as I was multitasking. But like I said, I, I enjoyed it. It was just like like they, they took a lot of risks and that that's i think i appreciate that part the most it's like this was not a conservative project at all no. <laughs> i no. mean it has something for the kids and something for mm-hmm. the adults i mean it was a little bit of everything it, it kind of made me think of the muppet show it's a variety <laughs> show that could be enjoyed on multiple levels you know because the kids are watching and they're laughing but like you know mm-hmm. the adults are looking at the kids like they really don't get what they just said there <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, nothing like this will ever be produced again, I think, uh, live action anyway. There are rumours of George Lucas' uh, unproduced TV show that has uh, scripts. I think there was 50 scripts. It was around the time that 1313 was announced. Remember the game? Yep, yep, yep. Those trailers out um, that was going to tie into the TV show, then Disney bought it, it got cancelled. There's rumours that Netflix or Amazon are going to pick up that show, probably Netflix. Um, for a three, I think it, uh, the last thread was three episodes. However, we'll see what happens. Um, but we will continue the holiday special talk since this is the holiday season. Um, and the last forty-two was the anniversary of the holiday special as well. That's why I I went and got it. Um, we'll continue the second part. So if you can get a hold of the holiday special, I'm not encouraging our listeners to do anything untoward but if you can get a hold of the holiday special through any means please buy our, please watch it and tune in next episode to hear our part two discussion but Yogi, maybe we maybe we'll move. have uh some call-ins and we can have people share mm, their reactions yeah. to it that'd yeah. be fun let's have some call-ins hopefully we get shock g calling in <laughs> i gotta talk to him i gotta <laughs> talk to him but like shock g we need you he's our only hope <laughs> So, yeah, enough of the Humpty Dance. We'll move on. Yogi, I've got to talk to you about a rumour. Uh-oh. Okay, and I sent you a YouTube link, and you asked me what it was. And I said, it's a YouTube link. Now, this this went on Reddit. This is actually a theory more than a rumour. But I don't know if you've heard about this, Yogi, but it totally makes sense. Jar Jar Binks Uh-oh. Was, was the Phantom Menace. Interesting. Okay. So, so are they trying to the, are they trying to play up that maybe no. he was playing dumb and he's a double agent or something? Yep. Really? Nope. Nope. Have you not read this? You should have watched that video. Okay, watch this video after this show and tell I me next show. Basically, this has got people rewatching the Phantom Menace. This is uh it's a stone cold brilliant theory. This is one of the best things, and it makes sense. George Lucas said that he wanted to mirror the original trilogy with the prequels, yeah? Okay? 
Mm-hmm. So you've got like Anakin, you've got like Obi Wan, you've got Qui Gon. All, all, everything matches up. Who's the Yoda character? The Yoda character who is the most powerful Jedi in the world. Who's the one sort of creature that is with them in all the films that matches up? The answer would be Jar Jar Binks. Okay, so the theory goes, right, before I start the theory, the theory ends with that George Lucas, basically after the fan reaction to Jar Jar Binks, kind of pussied out, more or less, sorry listeners, um, of making Jar Jar the overall Sith Lord. Now, when you first meet Jar Jar, he's banished from a Gungan city. Okay, why was he banished? He doesn't ever tell you. However, when they meet... They meet two Jedi yogi, and the Jedi are allowed three. Jar Jar has three armed guards with handcuffs on him, right? And they're talking to two Jedi. Jar Jar also jumps up in the air and flips around, lands in the water. And yes, that could be written off that he's an amphibian. However, we've only seen this in the Star Wars universe performed by Jedi characters or Force wielders. Yeah? Okay, Jar Jar Binks is around every time. After, sorry, I'll, I'll leap forward a bit. After the Phantom Menace, Jar Jar gets elected to speak on behalf of the people of Naboo. Why would a bumbling idiot like that get permission to speak on behalf of Naboo? He's also beside. He's also beside Palpatine. Every time you see him in the films, rewatch these listeners if you want. If you don't believe me, also look up this theory so you can watch it alongside. There's a conversation Qui-Gon has, right, in the movie. And there's a conversation that Padme has in the movie. And Jar Jar is there both times and you can watch him. And they've actually slowed down the movie, zoomed in on Jar Jar. He's mouthing the words that they are saying as if he's persuading them. If you watch Jar Jar, he also moves his hands about a lot. And like sometimes, like a Jedi mo- mind trick? Like, yes. Oh a lot of people Lord. are saying that he moved his hand about, like, see, when he becomes Je- Bombad General, he has just <laughs> moved his hand past Boss Nass's face, and he says, Bombad General? Okay, okay, dokey. You know, and the, f- the fact that his eyes are bright yellow, like what? Yeah, like a Sith. Yes, and the fact that. Everything that happens is because of Jar Jar. He's the one that actually told an eight-year-old boy that Padme was pretty hot. <laughs> he's also the he's also the one that told the Jedi that they needed to go there. That he brought Obi Wan and uh, Qui Gon to Gungan City. He also, in the middle of a battle, stood on a battle droid and managed to dodge three shots and shoot three people with a broken battle droid. This is true. You know, I gotta say, I never thought, I never <laughs> thought this deep about Jar Jar, but I did notice that he always was in the right place at the right time, and mm-hmm. he had like the dumbest luck. And I'm like, this guy is probably just acting. He's probably a badass. Mm-hmm. So what is he hiding? Yep. So that now so, that makes a lot more sense. And I wonder, so like, this... if people would turn around and, and appreciate him more if they find out he no, really... no, they. Yogi, they are on Reddit. Like, I'm not a big Reddit fan, but on Reddit, people are watching The Phantom Menace because of this discussion. Like, I don't mind The Phantom Menace. Yeah, it's got its boring parts with the politics, but the pod racing in Darth Maul makes that film. But watching it back with that knowledge of Jar Jar, like the fact that he so happened to spit out a thing 
in the marketplace that landed on Saboba that got Anakin into the pod race. That's not just chance. And like in the middle of the video I sent you, Yogi, Obi-Wan Kenobi in A New Hope turns around and says, in my experience, there's no such thing as luck. You know? Yeah. I wonder if, if uh, does it tie into the, the Clone Wars animated no. series as well? Well, well, because in the Clone Wars, Jar Jar Binks is dressed in a black hooded cloak in one of the episodes. I saw that. I remember that. Yeah. So huh. he looks like... He looks like a Sith Lord, right? No, here's where the theory gets interesting, Yogi. You know Andy Serkis. He's playing a CGI character called uh, Supreme Leader Snoke in this movie. And no one knows who he is. What if J.J. Abrams has pulled the ultimate long con and Snoke is actually Jar Jar Binks? And that is J.J. Abrams making the sequels a legitimate property again. He if he did that, he would actually make those movies. Because here's the reasoning. The Phantom Menace is not Darth Maul. Everyone knows about Palpatine. Who's the Phantom Menace? It's true. I, n- I never quite pin- uh, pinpointed that either. I'm like, why did they call that? That, huh. Dude, that's, that's, that's some mind-blowing it's stuff deep. right there. Isn't it? Like, honestly... Watch that video I sent you, Yogi. If anyone else wants to watch it, like, Google Jar Jar Binks Sith and YouTube it and watch it, read it, watch The Phantom Menace again, and you will see that Jar Jar is everywhere he needs to be and everything happens because of Jar Jar Binks. And and, in one of the the video I sent you, it shows a clip of George Lucas talking, Yogi. And do you know what George Lucas says? Jar Jar is the key to all of this. We have to have Jar Jar working. You know, that's him talking to the CGI department, talking about getting Jar Jar Binks working. He says Jar Jar is the key to all this. So the theory reckons that George Lucas got afraid that the fans were so against him that he changed the whole story. And that's why they're saying, where the fuck did Count Dooku come from? Why is he suddenly there? Where was he in The Phantom Menace? Why is he just appeared? And yeah, people could say, well, Darth Maul was gone and he got a new Sith Lord. No, that's not what happened. If you read the lore, and even the canon lore, Count Dooku was a Jedi that turned evil. So where the hell was he? And yet, oh, he was making the clone army. He didn't make the clone army. The Kamino cloners did. Count Dooku was in the background, and he just paid the money for it. So where was Count Dooku in The Phantom Menace? Count Dooku was thrown in, as was General Grievous, because George Lucas had changed the whole story because people hated Jar Jar. But even then, he still laid the ground lines that he could possibly be something more because he becomes a senator jar jar was a senator who's going to let that guy be a senator in any senate and <laughs> the fact that he was wearing the dark robes in the clone wars and looked like a sith lord and he, here's the biggest one that got me yogi i i i scrounged over this and looked over this for three days i'm not even lying do you remember the scene where they're getting out of the gungan city and the big fish eats the little fish? Yes. Right. Rewatch that scene. Jar Jar Binks passes out as the fish is chasing them. As Jar Jar passes out, the big fish comes and eats the other one with Sith eyes. When the fish is eaten, Jar Jar reawakens and he is chewing. Whoa. Boom. Boom. People are saying that he's planted himself in the fish's body and ate the other one. That was the one that made me think, holy f- fudge, this could be true. 
You know, it's a big thing to think about. And if J.J. Abrams has the balls on him, which I think he does, <sighs> I'm not predicting it now because in my mind, J.J. Abrams wouldn't risk it. But I do think he's got the balls that Supreme Leader Snoke could be Jar Jar Binks. He would redeem the sequels in doing that. What do you think, Yogi? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, the, personally, the only problem I had with Jar Jar Binks, I mean, Jar Jar Binks, he, he's ridiculous. And I, I, I could appreciate comedy relief, but I just felt like he was shoehorned in. But, you know, yes. upon rewatching the movie, I started to see, like, there was a slight... It was suspicious, like he how convenient everything is. Like, and I don't really believe in coincidence, especially not in the Star Wars universe. I'm like, I started to have my suspicions, but I never thought about it like that. Deep. It was just, it was just too much coincidence that he was always in the right place at the right time, and he was so well connected with people. He was always close to people in power. He was always close to major events, pivotal events. You know, it's like, man, if this guy was a spy or he was just pretending to be dumb. It would be the best people, con ever. <laughs> people are saying that he was Palpatine's master. Dude, that that's crazy. Okay, so I'll give you the original... Um, so, I'll, I'll send you the link so you can put it in chat. Uh, that's the original Reddit. Okay. So he's more powerful than Palpatine. Then. Then, yes, because see some of these movements that he does. The video I sent you actually showed you... You know the drunk master with Jackie Chan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay, that is a style of Kung Fu, which is made to show you, to make your opponents think that you are drunk, that you're incapacitated, that you're inebriated. And it is through floppy body movements that you build your speed. And it shows you comparisons like split screen of Jar Jar Binks' movements and this drunk sort of Kapora style fighting. It's insane. Dude, you just and combine another one of my you, favorite things with Star Wars, which is Kung Fu. Kung Fu. You know, the... <laughs> yeah, Ip Man is one of my favorite films. Ip Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ip Man 1 and 2 with uh, Johnny Chan. With Donnie Yen. Donnie, Donnie, Yen. Donnie, Yen. Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. You know Donnie Yen? Donnie, funny link. Donnie Yen is actually in Rogue One. He's been cast in next year's movie, Rogue One. It is uh, set, I think it's before A New Hope. And it's talking about the rebel squadron that uh, got the Death Star plans. Donnie Yen's been casting that dude. That's sweet. I mean, I like uh, Donnie Yen and like uh, Jet Li are like two modern martial art legends, as far as I'm concerned. Like they're up there with Bruce Lee. Yeah, I'd put Donnie Yen above Jet Li personally these days, but that's because Jet Li kind of made his money and went away. Yeah, Expendables. Yeah, he did kind of get complacent, but like Jet Li's early stuff, phenomenal. Uh, as indeed, like but the anyway, uh, new Legend uh, of Shaolin. By the way, you should check that out. Good times. Um, so Jar Jar Binks, if he's in the new movie, I will love it, and so will a lot of people. Like if he is uh, Supreme Leader Snoke, and that is the CGI character that he's playing. Also, see the actor that um, played Jar Jar Binks. You know, because he wasn't full CGI. Actually commented on Twitter saying, "I love when people, no matter how long it takes, find the real meaning behind the stories." You know, <laughs> after this, after this theory came out, Yogi. So I reckon George Lucas has backed out of it and said, "No, I can't do it. People hate him." You know, but it makes sense if you look at them. Literally, there's a video if you look on YouTube, shot for shot, 
the original trilogy for the prequels. The, it's literally shot for shot. The stories are the same, like, the action sequences are the same, like, everything adds up, and you might be thinking, what? It wasn't like that. Watch the video, Google on YouTube, and uh, you will see it. Uh, and the fact that Jar Jar Binks lines up to the Yoda character, it's it blows my mind. And the fact that J.J. Abrams could have the balls on him to do the fact the thing that George Lucas was afraid to do or apprehensive to do, it's amazing. Like if George Lucas does that, if J.J. Uh, Abrams does that, if he pulls it off, that Jar Jar Binks is the original. It's finally showing us that he was the Phantom Menace. It redeems the sequels and makes them. It doesn't make them as bad. Like people hated it because of Jar Jar. The fact that Jar Jar was playing the long game, wow. Because Jar Jar's not officially dead. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So. So boom. <laughs> anyway, after that mind-blowing escapade, <laughs> please check out. Please check out the Reddit. I read. I, I read it all. No pun intended. I also watched several YouTube videos. Um, from big Star Wars fans, they all agree on the fact, and I would love it to happen. I don't know, what do you think on Yogi? Would you like it to happen, or do you think it shouldn't happen? Oh, man. I mean, I'm good either way, it would, but part it of would me... blow minds. Part of me would be kind of sad, because I actually kind of find Jar Jar endearing, because he, he's so innocent, but if that innocence, that innocence is destroyed, like, it's nothing sacred, but then I'm like, damn, well played, well played, sir. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, you see that video I sent you, the YouTube link, the second one that actually works? Watch that, and then rewatch The Phantom Menace. Honestly, you'll pick up so many things that you missed, especially the part where he falls asleep in the ship, and the big fish comes along, eats the other one. And once that's done, Jar Jar wakes up and he's chewing at the same time. That is insane. That's some trippy stuff, dude. It's like we're going to have to go through <laughs> frame by frame. It's oh, YouTube's done it for us. Trust me. Google Jar Jar Sith. Jar Jar Sith. Or YouTube Jar Jar Sith. You'll find a lot about it. And I really hope it happens. I don't know if it will or it won't. I'm kind of in the middle for sure. But... Um, Anyway, we we shall move on onto Rebels, which was the Lost Commanders. That was the first premiere episode of the new season, and we obviously had before that uh, Siege on Lethal, which featured Darth Vader heavily, and it was amazing. Um, I've got to shout out just just now for my other show, Forty Two Level One. Sorry for shameless plugging. We do a movie of the week, video game movie of the week, and we done Wing Commander. This ties in, Yogi. Don't worry. Oh no, that's uh, it's funny you mentioned that because we were going through uh, our show earlier. Uh, the Sunday does. We're just gonna plug everything now. <laughs> but but mm. we were talking about like um, what was it? The theme was games that become became movies after the fact. Yeah. And the Wing Commander yep. was one of the ones that came up, and I love the Wing Commander series. But man, yep. that movie was pretty stinky. Like I I, I you know I liked it, I but I was like, it, it could have been so much better. You know, I'm going to discuss it more in 42, so I'm not going to review it, but um, I was watching it and I decided to live-tweet it, and uh, I uh, tagged Freddie Prince Jr., who's the voice of Kanan Jarrus, official Star Wars character in canon, and uh, he liked two of my tweets, like, while I was live-tweeting. I was like, he nice. obviously liked dude. He obviously liked doing this movie. You know? And he's in it with his co-star. I cannot remember that his name, but he was Shaggy and Scooby-Doo, along with Fred. Yep, yep. It was Fred. <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. was Fred. So that was amazing to see. 
I didn't mind it so much, the movie. I'm going to talk about it more on Tuesday night, but um, Freddie Prince Jr., favourite in a few. Kanan, it's, it's, a, it's a win for Rebels cast as well as it is for um, 42. Um, so anyway, uh, Rebels um, episode one, that was The Lost Commandos. And, I mean, it was a good episode. I love the Clone Wars. Um, basically, they end up on a planet uh, they find the droid's head and they they hear it saying, I think it's, oh, hold on, I've just looked up here, 7567. And they spot a walker in the distance they fly towards it. It's an ATATE, which is not an ATAT. It's kind of similar, but it's a Clone War version. And they land and Commander Rex is there. And so is Wolf, which is awesome because they were two of the main guys from the Clone Wars series. They're obviously much older and they've been living in this walker. They've been kind of doing their own thing. And I thought it was kind of cool, the whole crossover, because obviously when Disney took over, they said that nothing was canon except the movies and Clone Wars. And I was like, oh, they better incorporate it into Rebels because it's going to make no sense if it's not mentioned. This episode was Clone Wars all over because um, having Rex back into it, it was just cool to me. And seeing him so old with the grey Santa beard, that was awesome. I don't know what you thought, Yogi. What was your opinions? Oh, I got so giddy when I when I saw them. I, I, <laughs> it, I have to go back to Clone Wars to see where they ended up and just kind of get a sense of how they survived. Just, I, I'm like, I was just trying to process them. Like, man, how did they survive all this time, you know? And they're in that big, uh, that like dilapidated uh, tank that they like mm-hmm. uh, fixed up with like uh, junk parts. Yep. <laughs> somehow they've been surviving on their own, just the three of them, and it's it's just crazy. Like I, I just I'm so curious to know what what happened, you know, after the the Clone Wars and how they fended for themselves and what they've been up to, and they give you a little glimpse into that, just enough to wet the palate. It's just it was it was good. Like just it, it got me really excited. Yeah, it was an awesome episode, and Ezra tried to convince. Um, Rex to fight the Empire and they were all like no uh, Wolf kind of turned against them at the end almost because he's contacted the Empire because um, he wanted protected um, but it, it was all good it was good seeing the crossover this is a two part episode have you seen the next episode yet? yes yes so back we to can back. talk about yeah awesome that's awesome so we can talk about the next episode as well which was called Relics of the Old Republic which is appropriate because um, they are relics but I mean the Old Republic to me I, I think of Knights of the Old Republic I think of the old canon the ongoing Old Republic video game which I do play hit me up at Ali Kenobi if you want to play me at that because I've just reinstalled it and I plan on getting the expansions I love the Old Republic it was the first era of Star Wars I ever happened to come across because before I'd seen it I was maybe about 8 7 or 8 um, I got a few comics, Knights of the Old Republic, like back then, before the video game, before the video game was released, it was a thing. And I read about Ulrich Keldroma and Nomi Sunrider and all those guys, like, I absolutely love that series. And then when my friend gave me a loan of A New Hope, I was like, this isn't Star Wars. And they went, what do you mean? And I was like, well, Star Wars is like this. And they went, no, there's no yellow lightsabers. I went, there is. <laughs> Sorry, but there is. Um, <laughs> so so my first experience with Star Wars was not the movies. It was the comics. And um, I love the Old Republic era. And the fact there's still an ongoing video game that did not get cancelled with the Disney 
um, takeover is awesome to me. But um, in the next episode, basically the Empire came to them and they sent out AT 80s and there was a storm cloud and they kind of they, they they did handle the business like it showed you that they were more sophisticated the clone troopers um than the stormtroopers because stormtroopers are not clones they're not built for war they're just sign ups um and they, they kind of overwhelmed them for a bit i thought that anyway um but yogi's going to give you a, a bit more about that just now um uh, <laughs> You're multitasking. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the, the the coolest part to me was how resourceful they were, and and in spite of the the kind of um, awkwardness between him and, and Kanan, because you know the the whole Jedi fallout between the clones, you know, you, you get a little glimpse of what actually happened there. Um, they, <laughs> he's got like squeakiest door ever. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they, we get a little glimpse of what really happened there. Like, they, they reinforced that, you know, and, and, and explained that the clones didn't turn on the Jedi. And the Jedi didn't turn on the clones. It's just, it was all staged. And the re- the way it was staged is because the clones had a control chip in them, which Wolf, Rex, and, oh, what's the other guy's name? I can't think of now. Uh, removed, because they wanted to have the freedom of choice. So the fact that they choose to still be loyal to the old republic, to the Jedi's, and they still have that embedded in their psyche, not because they're being controlled, but that's what they really believe in. You know, it's just, it's, it's it's it it humanized the clones a lot more because even the Clone Wars, like you get a sense for the individual personalities and they're treated by human beings by the Jedi, but you still feel like they're kind of just clones and they're kind of copies of each other because they, they kind of are. But I in, highlighting that individuality was really cool. But you know, the, they're loyal to the end, and that's that's the thing that was I think it was really cool. Like they're calling uh, Kenan, uh they're calling him uh, Commander, and he's like, part of him you can tell li- likes it. He's like, well, I'm not a commander, but sure, you know, they're they're acknowledging him as a as a master. And he never even made it to the status of uh, Jedi Knight. What the heck is Ali doing over there? He's like cracking open a beer and cleaning up the his desk or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it, uh, it was just really cool just seeing that the the interaction. I don't want to go too far ahead until Ali comes back because the way they end uh, this two part is really cool. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I was just talking about how cool it is. Just you know the despite the the uh, the trust issues between Jedi and uh, and, and the clones, the clone troopers, yeah, because uh, Ahsoka said trust him. Yeah, and and, and in spite of that, how, how much she urged that there was, he was still kind of like eh, everything was kind of you know he did it begrudgingly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that kind of that that ties into the comics, which are now canon. They're official. They happened in the Star Wars universe. Um, uh, Kanan. Uh, during his uh, training, which I'll talk about in a minute after we wrap up this, I'm going to talk about about the recent comics because Kanan get trained a bit more than we thought. But I'll talk in that a bit more. Kanan's master, Depa Bilba, she's actually in the movies. I think she's in the first and second one. She um, protected him during the Order sixty six, and 
Kanan knows that the two troopers that he trusted his life with and his master trusted his life with, Depa Bilba, she... Wait, anyway, is his master she, the one that kind of has an East Indian look to her? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay, yes, yeah, I, know, that, I know what it is. That, yeah, she's in the movies. She was Kanan's master. She um, protected Kanan, and she, he was one of the last Padawans, like, after Order 66, because as you've seen the movies, Anakin slayed a lot of them. Like, a lot. But as... All we've known is the movies. The fact that we now know that some people escape, like Kanan escaped, but his master died in the process. Um, he hates clone troopers. That's why Ahsoka obviously said, trust them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, they, and they do a good but, job of, of giving you enough of a bread, breadcrumb trail to figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, uh, but it still they, makes you curious well, enough to kind of go back and, and, and fill, the, fill in those gaps too. The fact that they have got scars in their head and they tell you that they'd cut out their chips, which was, uh, I think it was season six, The Lost Missions, which never officially came out in Britain, but I've got the Blu-ray up in my collection. Um, it shows you that one of the clones, I cannot remember his name for the life of me, apologies listeners, but um, he figured out that they were they had chips in them. He figured out, he was on Camino and he figured out that they were being manipulated and they were going to be um, part of a master plan that some of the clones obviously had personalities like Rex and things like that. And, I mean, you've seen Obi-Wan's friend uh, in the, the movies gun, try and gun him down as he escaped and the clones had no choice and it turned out it was a chip and Rex and Wolf and uh cannot remember the other guy's name. Me neither. I, I was just trying to have it. I was just having the same problem. Like, what's the other guy? Wolf or Rex? And what? <laughs> anyway, the the other guy. Um, they all cut their chips out. So that kind of explains it. That they were obliged to follow it because it was a chip that was implanted in them when they were younger that told them to follow this order. Um, however, they cut their chips out once they figured this out, which is awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Amazing. No, I love that this this two this story this two episode uh, story arc becomes a setup for what we're, we're hopefully going to see throughout the season and, and maybe beyond. You know that mm. they're they're creating like this is this theme of them trying to find allies for their cause and rebuilding the, the rebellion, and I, and I like that a lot. Mm. Now, did we were we gonna cover the episode where they had the the food drop and there was a blockade, or is that for next? Ep- are we gonna do the next show? Um, we can cover that if you want. Is that always two that are where the inquisitors come into it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we we can cover that just now. Okay, so we'll give a bit of background. This like uh, oh. there's the, Inquis- the inquisitor in the last episode. Uh, in the last, the finale, obviously, Kanan took him down. And people knew him as the Inquisitor. However, it turns out that Darth Vader had many attack dogs that he trained in the Force. And uh, he's now got two. One of them, this is a fun fact for listeners that love movies, is Sarah Michelle Gellar, also known as Buffy. Also known as Freddie Prince Jr.'s wife, who plays Kanan. Look at that. It all comes around full circle. But hold, hold on, before we jump into this episode... Yes. Yes. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about with the with the, int- the reintroduction of the clone troopers, the good guys, Rex, Wolf, and uh, and the third guy? We don't know. We, we don't remember his name. Yeah, I think I think we covered everything. But I just want to make sure. Cause I don't want to. I don't want to glance over it because I think these two episodes were very um, very big. They were very big. Uh, the ghost crew follow the droids. They go down, and um, Gregor was the other one apparently. 
Wolf, ah, Gregor, and Rex. Yes, yeah, so it was Gregor. You, you know, I want to. We also should mention too the fact that they were uh, when when uh, the crew was uh, gonna escape, the the clone troopers were about to sacrifice themselves and like you yes, know, they were all- doing. They were gonna. They were slamming the, the their tank into the ATAT to you know keep them distracted and everything. And they find you know was it Canyon that, that had the the change of heart and decided to come back and scoop them up. Um, was, was it, it not Rex or Ezra? Was it Ezra? I cannot. Well, I think Ezra convinced them. I think Ezra yes. convinced them, and he finally had a change of heart, and then he came back. So yes, Ezra convinced Canyon. Yeah, like, like Ezra's kind of like his Jiminy Cricket, like, you know, it's like, dude, come on, don't be like that, that's grimy, yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they came back and scooped him up, and, like, it was just, the thing is, like, I just, I, I don't know, I got a little bit of feels in this part, because they were willing to, like, in spite of everything that went down, and the kind of mm-hmm. life they have to live, kind of in, in refuge, away from the rest of the world, they they still had their loyalties to the Jedi, and they were willing to sacrifice their lives for it. You know, and they weren't being controlled now. They were doing it completely out of free will. Like, that part really moved me. And then, you know, they come, they, they get rescued, and, you know, uh, they become part of the crew. And I'm like, yay, we're going to see more of them. <laughs> mm, for a bit. I mean, like, the good part of this um, episode was uh, when the mist came down, and they were basically fighting them in the dark, and the AT-AT yeah. walkers were fighting the ATTE, and uh, they outmaneuvered them. It was all battle tactics, and it showed you the big difference, like I was saying earlier, but that was a big scene for me when they were fighting the... Was it three walkers they were fighting? Uh, was it I think three? It was, I think it was three. Yeah, it was three, it was three. But, uh, I yeah. mean, it was just cool, because like, it was such a tense sequence of events, because they're in the sandstorm, mm. and you know, the, um, they're using the Jedi powers to feel out things, and then uh, Ezra shoots blindly using his Ezra, uh, his uh, Jedi powers to hit the neck of the AT-AT, AT-AT, <laughs> the AT-AT, <laughs> you know, because that's the weak spot of the, of, of the walkers, and then it goes down, and, and, like, all these little things that happen, but, like, they all work together so well, and, and, uh, it got me excited. Uh, ba- battle ta- I love tactics. Good battle tactics. Like, like in video games, I love playing tactics games, uh, you know, turn-based tactics yeah. games, and this, it felt like a big fancy like chess game. Uh, so yeah, big fan. But let, <laughs> let, let, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the the introduction of the two new Inquisitors. One, uh, okay, two so of they... two of many apparently. <clears throat> two of many because obviously we were introduced to the Inquisitor, um, and the original one he had the double lightsaber. Apparently, all of them have double lightsabers. Um, Inquisitor Kanan destroyed in a moment of hatred when he thought he'd killed Ezra at the end of the last season. Now, the, the one that he killed, they have a official designation for him. He's like the mm. head Inquisitor. They they um, called him something. Remember? I, I, I don't think there was a designation. I think he was just one of the Inquisitors. He was. I don't know if he was the chief or Vader's. I I don't think it was a specific thing. This, I could uh, be wrong. Can I just say? I remember distinctly they said something, and it, and it stood out for me because the two inquisitors basically said, "Now there's a opening," you know. Um, yeah, so they, they were filling they the, the promotion. Top slot. Yeah. Yeah. The Grand Inquisitor. The Grand Inquisitor. There you go. Yeah. So, there you go. So yeah, he supposedly there's, there's, is was the more badass dead. one. He's supposedly dead also. Like, I don't believe he's finished because he was such a cool character. Like, 
I thought he was going to be a main protagonist for the rest of however long Rebels lasts. Yeah. However, um, Kanan, he didn't kill him. He knocked him off the edge, you know? And we've seen Darth Maul getting knocked off and cut in half and still survive in the canon. So I don't know if this Inquisitor's dead. Huh. I don't know what you're thinking that, Yogi, but we're casting back to last season. Well, I mean, it makes sense because, you know... Uh... Having the element of surprise is the best thing. Though he, he could just be waiting in the shadows, waiting for them to put let down their guard, and then boom. So it, it makes sense for sure, and, and I agree. Like he, you know, the Grand Inquisitor was definitely too interesting of a character to get rid of so soon. Um, yeah, but I mean, unless, they kind of had to build, deal with him too. <laughs> they had to deal with him, and it was a nice ending that uh, Kanan thought Ezra had been killed even though he'd just been knocked off, a bit like Obi-Wan in Phantom Menace, but he didn't actually go through with the lightsaber, he just, like, he got knocked off the edge. Um, he had the opportunity so, to, though, he could have finished him off. He could have, but he chose not to. Do so, or do not, there is no try. <laughs> right on, yep. But, so, so yeah, I, th- I think it's, 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 it's very plausible that he's still around, but these two Inquisitors that we've seen so far, they're, they're no slouches. No, they are not. They are not. And that will bring us nicely into Always Two There Are. And uh, basically, the episode starts off with uh, Ezra's learning to levitate with the Force, and he's trying to pick up Chopper. And obviously, this kind of reflects Luke Skywalker being told by Yoda on Dagoba to pick up Yoda on Dagoba to pick up um, <laughs> the X-wing out the swamp, you know. And yep. uh, he was trying to do that, and he didn't. And obviously, we get Rex on the ship still, and he's talking about a Jedi general he fought beside, which could have been Obi Wan or Vader. Um, and he basically combined the Force with his wits. And uh, it was interesting to see that small part. I'm more interested, like, all in all this season so far, I felt it's kind of mm, middle-of-the-road episodes, nothing really heavy yet, apart from, obviously, um, Siege of Lothal, when you've seen Ahsoka realising that Vader was still alive. Um, This episode started off well, but... I prefer the episodes going into Kanan teaching Ezra, like, the Jedi things. And I know this has shown us a different look on the Star Wars universe and they can't really go to Jedi. It's setting up the rebellion. However, I feel this has kind of danced around the mythology this season so far. Whereas last season, it kind of, like, full force went head in. Not full force went head in, but kind of, like, here you are, here you are. There was only one bad episode of last season, whereas this season so far is maybe six, seven episodes, and we're only discussing the first three, but I, I feel there's been stronger episodes in the last one. I don't know about you, Yogi. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I feel I feel like the pacing is better, better now, because like last, last season they had, like, they did have that one it was fun. It was a fun episode, but it was very much filler. Like it didn't. It didn't do much other than maybe build up the characters more, and bring the focus away from some of the other crew. Where, where uh, Ezra and was it? Uh, oh, what's the girl's name? The the one that wears the uh, assassin, the bounty hunter armor. Oh my god, I can't think of her name now. <laughs> Graffiti girl. <laughs> you talking? When Ezra and 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 the and the and the other young the young girl went on that one mission, what's her name? I can't think now. 
I'm totally brain farting. And so, this episode, though. This is last season. Last season. I'm thinking about the filler episode where they were they were going on a hunt for like fruit or something something silly. It was like a wild goose chase they were they were like sent off on to keep him busy. Is the girl you're describing only in this episode, or are you, you talking about one of the ghost crew? Well, I'm talking about, like, uh, you were talking about how, how, you, how we feel about this season so far, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying last season, I feel like there was more filler than this season. Yeah, but who's the girl you're describing? Was she, was she only oh, in this the one episode? that was, that was the, the helmet. The, oh, the man. Oh, Sabine. Sabine, there you go. Okay. Okay. I'm saying we're just talking back. I'm trying to think of this episode, thinking who is Yogi describing? Sabine. Sabine Wren, who is uh, she was the Mandalorian armor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sabine. I, I was about to call her. I was about to call her. I was about to call her Sabaro, which is like a pizza <laughs> chain out here. And like that's not her name. It's something S uh, S. Uh, and, uh, yeah. But anyway, let's say I was being late. <laughs> Who showed up? Yeah, uh, it's getting early. It's ten to seven here, but um. So yeah, you 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 ask you were asking about like how the pacing is. Like I feel like last yeah. season was a lot more exposition and and setting up the characters. You know, like, char- doing the characterization. Now I feel like the show is really has gotten its identity, and it's more about them trying to you know uh, forge some alliances and 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 keep certain relationships alive. Like the whole food drop thing. It's huge because if they lose th- those allies, they're trying really hard. Like they're jumping through hoops and they're sacrificing a lot along the way. Like it was painful to see them lose that transport and a couple of uh, fighters. You know, because they lost a couple mm-hmm. of pilots and a transport. You know, and, and they have a skeleton crew as it is. You know, it's not much of a rebellion. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know, I I, I I don't know. I've liked every episode so far, um, particularly. Well, you seen you seen more than Siege of Lethal that. They're kind of like a splinter cell almost of the rebellion. Not a splinter cell, but they're a part of the rebellion. They're just right. that main rebellion because right. Kanan doesn't want to get involved in another war. Right, and I think also part of it is, uh, you know, deniability. Like, if you if they don't know too much about the grand operation, they they don't become a liability for everyone else. I think that's yeah. a big part of it, too. Like, you know, you want to be able to... Be able to not like being in a position where if you're tortured, you're captured, you, you can't give up anything of importance, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, the coolest thing talking about that was in this episode when the. She's called the Seventh Sister, the Inquisitor that um, Sarah Michelle Geller plays. He, she cornered Ezra and tried to get. She told her that they know about Ahsoka Tano, which says more about Darth Vader than the Inquisitors, and he refused to give up the information. You know, that was quite cool. The fact that she was like basically saying, "I'm going to chop your head off," <laughs> you know. Yeah, he showed a lot of resilience. And she tried to probe his mind, and he was like, "Nope, not yeah. happening." So I think the force is really strong within him. He has a lot of yeah. latent potential there. I'm power. still casting it back to the fact, if you remember the episode Empire Day of last season, that he was born on Empire Day, and. It just is is it's Disney, so this is too much to not be a coincidence that he was born in the same day as Luke and Leia. Hmm. You know, so like it just like a... it plays in my mind. That's the biggest never mind the Force Awakens. I'm thinking about the future of Rebels and Star Wars. Ezra Bridger and Bridger is the bridge between it's obviously it's a 
play on words that he's the bridge between the films and stuff. But Ezra was also born on this. That wouldn't have been thrown in by accident or coincidence because they've got the Star Wars story group working in this. And he was born the same day as Luke and Leia. I can't process that in my mind. I actually can't process that and how far this will go. Like, never mind the Jar Jar Binks theory. Could Supreme Leader Snoke be Ezra? Like, I know there's been a lot of um, speculation that Kanan's going to show up in it, but we don't know the end of Rebels. And I'm quite sure they're not going to show us him in Force Awakens to ruin the end of Rebels that he's still going to be alive. But you never know how they're going to go. Do you see Ezra Kanan showing up in this movie? Like, it'd be, it's too much of a project for Disney to undertake to not have some sort of reference, you know, in the new movie. Man, it, it, it's it's a tall order. I mean, I've this whole time watching Rebels, I'm like, how are they going to transition this into the cinematic universe? Because yeah. it's all canon. It's all canon, right? And, you know, and again, I go back to Marvel, you know, they do yeah. the, they have the MCU and sometimes it puts them in a difficult position. Because they can't, they have to co- fully commit, right? This thing yeah, yeah. can't take back. So, like, I feel like they've done such a good job with these characters, and I, I, I'm really falling in love with them that yeah. I almost don't want them to be in the movie. Because if they're ruined, I, I'm gonna cry a little bit. I may not cry on the outside, but I'll be, I'll be a sad bear lizard. I'm gonna just say that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, but could you, if I was to ask you, any of these characters? Like, I'll tell you who I, I could see. Um, if you had any to choose, of these one, if you choose one. One character to be in the movie, do you know who I would choose? Who would you choose? Ahsoka. Yeah, I would like that. I do have a soft spot for her. Do you know, I actually picked up in a local Asda, who's owned by Walmart now, um, in case you're wondering what sort of shop I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> I was in Asda, and um, they had a double pack and it's the first one I've ever seen, so I had to purchase it. It was Darth Vader with Ahsoka Tanoi. That's cool. And it was Darth Vader in the stylings of how he is in Rebels, you know, that sort of almost anime look with sort of pointy sort of visor. Yep, yep. So I was like, I need to own this. And I was in the middle of the toy aisle, and my wife was like, what are you doing? I was like, ah! And she's like, okay, Star Wars, put it in the basket. Let's move on. There's people, <laughs> children here. <laughs> you know? And, then, you know, I, I, and that's that's awesome on, on its own. But outside of her connection to Darth Vader, I just like how how much she's matured since we've, we've come to know her. You know, she was kind of a brat, always trying to prove something. And now she's a, so mature, such a leader. I want to see her come into her own as a Jedi Master and... And really become uh, central to, to everything. So, yes, yeah, definitely her. Yeah. Uh, she I, seems like a survivor as well. The fact that she's... Yeah. She, at, the end of Re- at the end of Clone Wars, at the end of Lost Mission Season 6, she left uh, the Order. She kind of got uh, disavowed. She got told that she was no longer allowed to be in the Order because she was suspected of a bombing, which was nothing to do with her. And she left. And when they asked her back and apologised, she said no. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And Anakin ran after her. That was an amazing sequence. And the fact that she survived alone and kind of kick-started this rebellion, it makes sense that Vader's apprentice would kick-start the rebellion. Um, she also thought Anakin was dead after Obi-Wan killed him, but the fact that um, she survived this long to rebels and grew up and built this sort of rebellion, it's amazing. And it, it says to me that she could 
potentially have survived the episodes of A New Hope, Empire and Jedi because people keep saying to me, no, I won't, but the people that are saying that to me don't realise that Star Wars is a bigger world. Like I said before, we've seen maybe what, a handful of planets at most. We haven't seen the whole galaxy. We don't know how people live. We don't know how far away Ahsoka went before she built up the rebellion. You yeah, know, so, we, we've only uh, seen like maybe like one planet in the outer yeah. rim. You know, it's yeah. like there's a lot of stuff out there. You know, uh, you mentioned that she's a survivor, and then I'm thinking the opposite of that. Like, uh, I've also grown to appreciate uh, Zeb a lot more. That's his name, right? Uh, he, he's he's he, he's uh, become more of a softy, and like they've, they've rounded him out a lot more. He kind of reminds me of uh, what's his face, uh, Jane from uh, Firefly. Remember him? <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, he's got that kind of that kind of yeah, swagger attitude. to him. He's got the swagger, the attitude, the sort of way he loves his life. I can totally see him. And the fact that you know what it's kind of this is kind of a sad thing. You know, obviously I had my Disney Infinity episode. Yep. yep. I obviously had Chewbacca. I'm uh, um, Zeb now. Zeb was originally drawn as a prototype of what the Wookiees would look like. So I love to have the both of them on my Disney Infinity base, as dirty as that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just kind of cool to me, the fact that I can have both of them uh, on the same base, the fact that he was the prototype um, of Chewbacca. You know, and he and he and he's funny looking, because uh, if you look at his eyes, he's got like a pit where his like retina is. Have you noticed that? Like his, uh, he's got like an indent in his in his in his eyeball. It's weird. Like I'm noticing a lot more now, but I mean, like that. Wait, wait. That's that... not that's that's not looking into it as much as the Jar Jar theory. I mean, like yeah. um, <laughs> Ralph, I'm sure is it Ralph McQuarrie? Ralph McQuarrie. I don't know how to pronounce his name. He done the concept art for Star Wars, and the the way he originally drew Wookies was like Zeb. So. I don't look too much into Zeb. I'd like to know more of his backstory. I'd like to see him meeting Chewbacca a bit, like we've seen Chopper meeting R two D two a few times now. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's the thing you're talking about survivors and who you could picture yeah. in the new movies, and then I'm just you got me thinking, going down a dark road. I'm like, well, so who's the least likely to survive? Who's the first that's gonna Hera. probably die? Hera. You think so? Mm-hmm. I would say her. Zeb is right behind her. Sadly, I hate to say it. I want. I don't want anybody to go, but you know that's just gonna happen. Something eventually, it's inevitable, right? We live and then we die. <laughs> but yeah, Hera makes sense because we, we. I think we talked about this before. How that might be She's the not, thing. Did she? I think I had a big rant one episode about how I couldn't find a Hera figure. She, yeah, that's true. And 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 also in the story itself. Kenan's kind of still lukewarm imagine, towards her sometimes. Like, yeah, is yeah, but if you've read, if you read a new dawn by uh, John Jackson Miller, yeah, like well, you it. see more of you see more of Hera's character in that. But even with that, I understand she's kind of reserved. But here's one thing for you: season two, end of Hera dies. The end of season oh, two. God, don't say and, it. Oh, and no. And, no, but here, this is why it gives more, it, it makes sense because it gives more interesting character development to Kanan because then Kanan would be in charge of the, he'd be in charge of the ghost crew, he'd be in charge of the communications with the rebellion, 
he'd have to get in in the war or admit that he's part of it, you know? Yep, he he because oh. he he's that's the thing. He right now he's on defense, really hardcore and everything. Like I really feel that if he was gung ho about the rebel thing, there would be no doubt in his heart, no fear in his heart, and, and they'd be getting better results. Less people will die or get hurt. And if he just freaking you know let let Hera know how much he appreciates her and just you know share his feelings, you know like. Sometimes I feel like he's so, pulling so many punches, Jed- and, and Jedi- I get so frustrated. Jedi- I know I'll- Jedi, and I supposed to Jedi's fall in love. Yeah, and right, I'm gonna have to get into the comic bit a bit here. But he I'll doesn't embrace that lifestyle. That's the no, thing. But yes, but he's, he's putting on a big a- face. Right? And he's the picking and choosing. I, that's the thing. He's picking no, he's, and choosing the parts that he likes. All right, go ahead. Right, he's, I'm not, sorry. he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. It's frustrating me, man. It's frustrating me, bro. It will, right? But see the comics. The comics right now, Kanan especially, the last pad of when it's entitled, and it's kind of cool the way it's shown with um, current day with Kanan, and then obviously just now he's in a Bacta tank, spoiler alert, and uh, the Rebel crew are saying, how long will it be before he, he gets out? And they're saying, like, two weeks or whatever, and he's like, no, it can't be that, and Zeb's arguing with the guy, and then it flashes into Kanan's mind, and it's showing his past. It's really done clever. Um, oh. I recommend that comic. I recommend this wait, wait. comic. When are the when are these do these comics take place? Timeline-wise. Um, Timeline-wise with Rebels, I do not know, but Ezra is a Jedi, so I'm guessing season 2 Ezra's definitely gets lightsaber. Um but it doesn't show you much of the Rebels crew. It's more about Kanan's past because in the first season and the first uh, sort of volume of Kanan which should be out in paperback right soon. I've been getting the monthlies. Um Kanan, actually, they're going to a planet in the ghost, and Hera says, have you been here before? And he says, no, I've not. Kanan Jarrus has never been here. But as we all know, Kanan Jarrus is an alias, and Caleb Doom is his real name. And it yeah. flashes back, talking about how Caleb was on that planet when he first, his uh, master, Depa Bilba, died, and he had to go to that planet. And he met up with smugglers, and it shows you how Kanan became Kanan in a new dawn. In a new dawn, Kanan's basically like a bouncer. He's sort of like the the heavy guy. He's just like he doesn't want to have anything to do with the Jedi. And there's a reason because he's in hiding. And a lot of the time, we've been told Kanan didn't have a lot of Jedi training. Kanan didn't do much. He barely was in the Jedi Order. This is untrue. Kanan in the recent issue. It shows you that he got his master. Uh, there was a, a bombing planned on the Jedi Temple, and Kanan helped avert it. Kanan went through all the different techniques of lightsaber training, as a Padawan does, and it shows you him questioning the methods. He actually questions the Force itself, so it's not untrue to his character. He actually questions... Uh, I don't know if it's Yoda that's teaching him. I can't remember this issue. Um, Yoda, someone's teaching him, and they tell you that the Force is all becoming... And he says, so how did people know about the Force? Did it just happen? Did it show itself? Or did people just know it was there? And there's no answer to Kanan's questioning. So it makes sense. And Kanan actually, like I said, done all the lightsaber training. He got a master. He went through every stage of Padawan before he got a master. He was a bit young to be taken on as a Padawan, but he excelled in his class. He built his own lightsaber. And it got destroyed. So the lightsaber we see in Rebels, the one that comes apart, is actually his second lightsaber that gets built after he gets a master. So Kanan has been through a lot more of Jedi training than we actually think, or have been 
shown on the show. Hmm. Does that change? Does that change your opinion slightly? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Because I know that he's there's a lot that he's not letting on, uh, you know, on the show. It's just you know, I f- I just feel like he needs to make up his mind. You know, like he's kind of dipping his feet in the water b- both ways. You know, like yeah, but that's because and, and I get he's, why. Had he's, he's he's had to grow up not knowing. To show he's had to hide that he's a Jedi. You read a new dawn. He That's had true. to be a bouncer. He worked in a bar. He was just a bouncer. He was almost a merc for a while. He was a smuggler. He lived the life of Han Solo, you know, for a while, and then he became a bouncer at the bar before things kicked off with Hera. Well, you know, I do love that aspect of him that he combines so much of my uh, my favorite aspects of the different characters, you know, like mm. Han Solo and stuff. And you know, I love that part about him. It's just you know, I'm rooting for him, and I want him to, you know. Kick justice in the face in a good way. Wait, that's a bad way. Yeah. Kick evil well, in the face. <laughs> since I've covered the comics during that section, here's a link as well. You can put in the chat as well. Have you heard of the actor Max von Sydow? That name sounds very familiar. Well, he has been cast in Star Wars The Force Awakens, and no one knows what his role is. However, people are assuming or rumouring if rumouring is a word, that he is going to be playing Kanan Jarrus in The Force Awakens because the actor is about the same age that Kanan would be at this time and I could see some kind of similarities in an older Kanan. Huh. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now, what it says. So why is it unlikely then? Uh, Luke Skywalker is being touted as the sage in The Force Awakens. He's the mysterious and powerful force user people what? are looking for. He's also the only real connection with the Jedi or of the galaxy. Finding Luke is a big deal. So having Kanan Jarrus, an actual Jedi from the Clone Wars, they're hanging around kind of negates one yeah, of the central tenets. I, Interesting. Yeah, I, under, I understand that, but what if Kanan's still playing the Kanan that we know? He's not coming out as a Jedi. You know, right. what if Kanan this age is just acting as Kanan? Yeah, because it seems like he doesn't really want the responsibility of being that oh. role model. But, like, now that, you know, um, Rex is training Ezra as well, he's kind of feeling more... Yeah, I love that driven. conflict. Yeah, and like... like, you're a soldier, you're a Jedi. Like, like, no, 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 it's time for your Jedi training now. He's not a soldier, he's a Jedi. Like, <laughs> this is what I mean, like, he's got this yeah, internal conflict in him, Kenan, and it, Kenan, it's, it's funny. Kanan for, forgets that Jedi were stereotypically soldiers. They were keepers of the peace, but they were soldiers. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I, so, I think the thing that he doesn't like about the soldier life is taking orders and not having freedom mm-hmm. of choice. Maybe, I think that's why he's so vehemently opposing that that. That social construct, because he doesn't like what it means. Like, it I, all of this, I'm telling you, is because he he has a huge internal conflict, and he he's still trying to find his identity, what he really wants to do. He's teeter tottering, man. I'm telling you, and he's just like, no, no, no. He's not a soldier. Soldiers are, you know, they're freaking puppets. We don't do, we don't roll like that. We do what we want. <laughs> I think I think that are you talking about Ezra or Kanan? Kanan. That's, right, that's, okay. that's what he well, wants, think that's that what Kanan, he thinks, and he's trying to mold Ezra. No, no, 
I think that way. Kanan, it's nothing, it's nothing to do with the puppets, right? I think it's to do with the fact that Kanan had to suffer his two clone trooper best friends gunning down his master and then trying to shoot him. I think, so you think that's he's just, why he shuns. So you think he just simply just, doesn't want that for Ezra? Is that what you think? Because he definitely, one thing's for sure, I feel like he's yeah. kind of, it, it, I do feel like a fatherly spirit coming off of him, like a fa- mm. kind yeah, of fatherly love that, towards Ezra now. Well, if you read the latest article with George Lucas, who was commenting on The Force Awakens, and he said that they went a completely different direction. They made Force Awakens for the fans. He's saying that that's not a bad thing, but he always seen it as a soap opera in space. It was always about the family. It was always about the Skywalker family, and that's how he would have continued it. He said they've not done that. However, I don't believe that, because um, I think Kylo Ren is Luke's son, personally. Boom. But um, I also <laughs> think... I, was, I, I do. I think that's why Luke's went and hiding. But I could be wrong. No, actually, thinking about that, I don't know. Um, but I think Kylo Ren's related. Um, I also think that uh, Finn is a Calrissian. I think he's Lando's son because the fact that he ends up with the lightsaber and nothing to do with skin orientation just it makes sense. I know the way that Disney work. I know the way that family ties work um, I know that um, the actor that plays uh, Lando Billy D oh what's his name Billy, Billy D. D Williams yeah yeah, is rumoured to appear in episode 8 it would make sense the fact that they've said that Finn is his code name and it's actually F15NN and he didn't know his real name uh, but these are all rumours at the time who knows what's going to happen it could just be a completely new cast related to nobody the end but um, anyway back to Kanan and Ezra I think that Kanan is just scared of the war the fact that he knows that his mentor died he was appreciative of the Jedi way he didn't get his full training the fact that he had to go to this sort of slum sort of lifestyle and live there I think he was comfortable in the fact that he's been thrown back into it. He's more apprehensive. He is protective in a father-like way. Um, but I've got a feeling that Ezra's going to hit the dark side. I really do. I've also got a feeling that Luke's going to be in the dark side. And that's nothing to do with rumours. That's just with me watching Return of the Jedi. Watch it again, people, if you're listening. I know you are. Um... And you watch the scene where it's right at the beginning where C-3PO and R2-D2 go up to Jabba's palace. They come in. They get kidnapped. There's the whole Rancor scene. There's the dance. And uh, Luke Skywalker appears. The first thing that he does to the two guards at the door, Yogi, while dressed in a black cloak, is force choke them. He force chokes them against the wall and kills them and keeps walking. Interesting. That's it. That's in Return of the Jedi. Right now, no matter what edition you watch, Luke Skywalker walks into the Jabba's palace and force chokes both guys. He doesn't do it in a Vader-style way, like, you know, just at a work meeting where Vader gets pissed off and chokes his colleague. (laughs) He's walking into the palace, and the two guys, instead of force pushing them against the wall, knocking them out, like you've seen Obi-Wan and Anakin doing, you know, in the prequels, he force chokes them. He kind of puts his hand in a force choke, and you see them going... "Ah, ah." And they both hit the deck. So hmm. I think that because Luke has not had as much training, he's touched upon the dark side and locked himself away. I think that's the reason that Luke Skywalker's away. Boom. Damn. Now, I know we're going to start wrapping up soon, but uh, I just, I just, I, I'm thinking if 
Kanan or or Ezra were to fall to the dark side, I'm wondering who would be more likely. And then Ezra. more more importantly, okay, so you say Ezra, but like, mm-hmm. what are the stakes that they have? Because usually it's something like there's a breaking point, like it's, and it's usually a human connection, which is why they try not to form, you know, fall in love. The reason, and, the reason that Kanan wouldn't fall is because he's got the basic training instilled into him that Yoda gave him and that his master gave him. Ezra has only had what Kanan has in his life before. Ezra's more resentful about the fact that his parents were taken away by the Empire. Kanan just hates the fact that his master got killed. There's a difference between resentment and hate. Hate is there. Resentment can get deeper. You know, I know hate can get deeper, but I think resentment's more because you keep pondering on the fact... Kanan knows, knows why his master got killed. He knows the whole thing about the two wars, the two sides. He's lived his life. He's accepted. He's not accepted it, but he's angry about it. But Ezra is confused and conflicted, you know, in that way. Whereas Ezra's more stuck on the fact that his mother and father were never around. He had to basically be like... I, I, the first episode of Rebels is very comparable to Aladdin. And that's not just because of the likeness of Ezra looks like Aladdin from the movie. <laughs> he you, really does. He does. It's it's the fact that he was scavenging. He was like street rat, riff raff. I don't buy that. You know, like it's completely Aladdin. It's 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 <laughs> that that says. <laughs> sorry for singing. We're not even singing. Um, the fact that Ezra has had that in his childhood. Whereas Kenan had a pretty normal childhood, he was at the Jedi Academy and only got conflicted about the age of 12. Ezra wasn't as, uh, Kenan wasn't as young, like, the way that Rebels has made us to believe is that he was, he was barely trained, taken away. Like I said before, Kenan had the lightsaber training, he went through all the different styles. He did get injured, but he got taken by a master before normal pupils because he was advanced and because they felt the connection and he stood up to a bomb. Like, he's done a lot for the Jedi Order so far. And it's not been beached upon in Rebels yet, but the fact that Ezra has had this life of, we'll call it a street rat, because Aladdin was called a street rat, and he's resentful. That's a stronger feeling, I think. Hmm. I buy it. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, <laughs> though, there's been a few occasions where Ezra has called, up, called out other people on their, their bullshit and, you know, their, their negativity, and, you know, I think he's got yeah, a good I can heart. See that. So... Are you saying Kanan can come more angry? Because before you, before you answer, I will refer you to the fact that Obi-Wan Kenobi, one of the greatest Jedis ever, chopped his ex-pupils' arms and legs off and left them burning on a planet. <laughs> Instead of mercy killing him. So, on to Kanan then. <laughs> I, okay, well, fair point. Fair point. And then stole his lightsaber and gave it to his son. Alright, alright, alright. I, I see what you're saying. I see what you. I see what you're saying. You know, the uh, the point is not to let the feelings. You can have that 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 weak moment, but you don't get, let it consume you. All right, it's not gonna consume me. But that's Obi Wan Kenobi. I mean, have we ever seen Yoda rage like that? <laughs> when he was fighting um, Darth Sidious, he made some weird noises. <laughs> yes. I remember. That. Oh, I love Yoda. <laughs> That's probably the worst moment in Star Wars history. Yeah, uh, and apparently uh, Yoda comes from uh, his own long lineage that, is, for some reason, is overshadowed. 
There's, yeah, uh, there's a uh, Yopa, there's a uh, Yomar, there's Yomar. Apparently, is this is this the Yomar Lopez by any chance? Uh, uh, yeah, the, apparently he's a uh, part of that lineage. Uh. Mm, the force is struggling this one. <laughs> but the, but the, the, there is more to Yoda's world that we, that I, I don't think they touch upon. All jokes aside, but know, that's neither here nor there. This is this fascinating, like. The potential we have to see more of the world, you know, un- unfold, uh, and it all goes back to the holiday special. You gotta watch that if you want the real backstory, guys. <laughs> yeah, the the true story of Star Wars and the holiday special. So if you can get a hold of that before the next episode. But before we finish up, I've got to ask Yogi for a prediction. I'm gonna make my prediction about the Force Awakens. Obviously, we'll make another one next month when obviously more things will come out about it. My prediction for the Force Awakens is that J.J. Abrams has played it safe. I think we're going to basically get the basic story of A New Hope or Star Wars. Um, it's going to be... It's good, unless the Jar Jar thing comes to play, which I, I, 70% of me doubts, you know, but 30% of me wants it to happen. Um, I think we're going to get the basic um, bad guy, good guy. Obviously, that's the central themes, but... I think Kylo Ren's going to be like searching for Vader's artifacts from what we know. He's going to think he's doing right. Uh, he's part of an order that fascinates over Darth Vader. Um, obviously Finn is Stormtrooper. Something happens and he leaves the Stormtrooper Legion. And I, I, I think we're going to get a, a safe film rather than a risk-taking film. So that's why the Jar Jar thing goes out because the first Star Wars not made by George Lucas. J.J. Abrams wants to fuck that up. I personally don't. I think he's going to play it safe. I really do. Like, in anyone's mind, as a Star Wars fan, you do stuff for the fans, which is going to be cool, but you're going to play it safe and leave it for the next guy. My person, like, as much as I like J.J., um, and that's not George R., that's J.J. Abrams, um, I'm more looking forward to episode 9, which I know is about 6 years in the future. Maybe more. Um, by Colin Terrero, but who done Jurassic World. That film to me will be something interesting to see, but what is your predictions on The Force Awakens this episode, Yogi? Do you think it's going to be safe play? Do you think he's going to just take it batshit crazy? Do you think he's going to put a Star Trek still twist on it? Or? Yeah, I think he'll play it safe, and I think there'll be lots of lens flare. No, I don't think there'll be any lens flare. He's actually commented on his lens flare. There's a video on YouTube if you Google um, JJ Abrams. JJ Abrams commenting on his lens flare. He knows it's overdone. He won't do it to Star Wars. There might be one or two shots with lens flare, which I wouldn't mind, like a sweeping shot of Tatooine or Jakku, the planet we're raising. Um, yeah, it, it, it works in, in in this in this context. No, but uh, yeah, I think he'll play it safe because uh, you know take too many risks and people will preemptively judge, you know. Because honestly, like going back to it, people were too quick to hit on Jar Jar. If he, you know, he it wasn't like <laughs> they saw that much of him and otherwise you had a pretty good story. I think there were other things you could probably, could, you could say there wasn't enough action in the, well, in the first movie. Well, could it, 
put it this way, what if that was the whole setup? Like the theory says that Jar Jar was the Phantom Menace and that's the reason the prequels were ruined because G- uh, George Lucas kind of got afraid to portray him as that. What if the fight with Anakin and uh, Count Dooku was actually Anakin, you know, in the Attack of the Clones when they're fighting? Anakin and Obi-Wan yeah. and Anakin loses his arm. What if that was Jar Jar Binks? And then what if it was Jar Jar Binks with Emperor and he reveals himself to be the actual master? You know, that could have changed the prequels completely and made them a hundred times better as far as I'm concerned. It would have made sense, the fact that Jar Jar was the way he was. And it's not too late to do something like that without having to completely retcon. Mm. So there's potential there. But if there is going to be some kind of long play like that, it won't be in this in this episode. I think, you know, this is going to be a fun holiday movie. It's going to have action. It's going to have feels. It's going to have some fan service for the longtime fans, you know. It's going to be a little bit of everything, and you ain't going to come out of it and be like, I can't wait for more, you know. Yeah. Do we know, what the, do we know what the runtime is going to be? Was it like two hours or so? Two hours-ish. Yeah, I think so. They need to go. I can't remember. The runtime was announced, but I think it's about two hours. Two hours is... Enough. It's the same runtime as Empire, as far as I know. Nah, I want, I want Lord of the Rings uh, extended cut, three and a half hours. Bring it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I would happily sit and watch a three-hour Star Wars movie. Well, to put it into perspective, too, you know, the uh, Star Trek celebrates its uh, 50th anniversary next year. And early 2017, they are coming out with a new show. So they kind of gotta, they gotta hit it hard with Star Wars. Cause that that, that yeah. rivalry is always gonna be there. It's like who's the better space opera, you know? Uh, I mean, I like Star both. Wars. I, don't, I don't think they're mutually exclusive, but you know, <laughs> they're not mutually exclusive at all. I like Star Trek as much as the next guy, but Star Wars is just it's on a grander scale. Did I say? Yeah, and again, we like we said what we talked about before. It has it's not just sci-fi; it also has the fantasy elements too. Yeah, where Star Trek doesn't really have as much as the fantasy element, uh, not counting the uh, alien species. You know, it, Star Trek's more believable. Yeah, exactly. It's, more, it's a lot more grounded. Yeah, it's grounded in reality. Whereas Star Wars is like, nope, it's another galaxy far, far away, a long time ago. So that's my whole point. Like, this is going to come up in. A galaxy a long time ago, and it's like, so what's happening right now? This was a long time ago. Also, why does C3PO have a red arm? <laughs> you would notice like, that. <laughs> yeah, but he's getting his own comic series to explain it. Oh, I, I, I love all the droids, so that that's cool with me. I mean, that's that's I like you uh, like, you're like this, the the picture on this site, Yogi. It's uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 meeting BB-8. Oh, God. That, you know, that's probably going to be what's going to get me the most excited because that's when the big kid in me comes out. It's just like, R2-D2 is so sassy. Like, just he cusses you out and, like, bleeps and bloops. <laughs> yeah, but Chopper's got it above him. We wanted to talk about Chopper. I think Chopper, sh- if any, actually, I take away my Ahsoka Tano, Tanoi, however it's pronounced. I think uh, Chopper would be awesome to have in the Force Awakens. That would be, but uh, imagine imagine Chopper, BB-8, and R2D2 on the screen together. 
Oh, that, that'd be crazy. That'd Chopper, be awesome. is, Chopper is also really resourceful. Like some of the stuff he comes yeah. up with, I'm like, what? Chopper, I, I actually think Chopper's sassier than Artudita. He is because he talks a lot more with his hands too. Yeah, but he puts like, his hands on. He puts his hands on his hip. He he puts his hands up in the air and makes shakes <laughs> the fist around. Like it's just great. He's like wop 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 wop. <laughs> like talking back, like, "Hey, Sh- Chopper, do this for me." Go, <laughs> yeah, it's just awesome. So we will have to wrap it up there, but we'll be back soon with more Rebels. We'll start from uh, Rebels episode four. I think we're on now, discluding the film. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that next episode. We'll also talk about uh, more Force Awakens news as it comes. Well, I'll talk about more of the comics, and uh, yeah. And by then, I'll have Battlefront in my hands, and we can talk about our yes. for Battlefront. <laughs> yes, we can join the Battlefront together. Um, if you want more Battlefront right now, uh, you can check out 42 Level 1's YouTube where me and Andy played. We do a new series on 42 Level 1 called The First 42, where we play the first 42 minutes of a video game and review it. Uh, however, Battlefront ran about two hours because we wanted to cover every mode. Yeah, there's a lot of game in there. A lot of game. Yeah. Contrary to and what people were g- worried about to begin with. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of modes. And apparently within the next six months, it's going to double in content with modes, heroes, and everything. So Battlefront's a fun game. I can't wait to play with Yogi. Um, and yeah, we'll catch you next episode. And should, we, should we say together in unison? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Three, okay. two, two. one. May the force be with you. What else would it say? <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say. Okay, so three, two, two one. one. May the force, May force ah. be with you. Ah, okay. We're too tired. Take care, guys. We'll, see, we'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>